hey, how's it going? Uh, we got a special podcast for you um, today. Now, this is a this is very different than my normal podcast. My normal podcasts are kind of like fun, easy. It's just you and me hanging out. This uh, I'm introducing you to a buddy of mine, uh, my friend Caitlin, who's an absolutely awesome photographer. That's how we met. Uh, she took photos for my last album shoot, and can't wait to do photos with her again. She's awesome, and we became friends. And I kind of followed you know, uh, her work. And over the last few years, I think her work has taken a really potent turn. Um, and she's had her work featured in the New York times and Washington post and well, not really featured, but they used her photographs, sometimes crediting her, sometimes stealing her photographs. Um, but she's a multimedia artist and uh, a very great one at that. Now, th this is not like a comforting episode. It's not, and it's not, I, I would hesitate to even call it fun. I think it's a, I enjoyed it a lot. Like for me, it was fun. Um, but like her, her work focuses on very, very dark subjects like the Epstein's and Maxwell and the kind of that, the darkness of the world. And we have this kind of, you know, like almost on ongoing like argument, um, you know, cause I kind of try to very much avoid that horrible stuff just for my own mental health. And it kind of clouds my, my, my view of, of the world. It doesn't make my view more clear. Now she comes from it. She comes to it from a di very different perspective. And I think, uh, for her, it's, uh, it's, it, 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 it displays a great sense of bravery and clarity. Okay. Uh, and th this is why I appreciate her. Now, again, if like you're sipping your morning coffee or whatever, and, um, you know, you're trying to wind down this podcast may not be for you. Um, that being said, I'm no expert. It's not like we dive deep into any of the very like um, hairy conspiracies or details or stuff. But you know, I, I think her work does a very good job at pointing pointing fingers at at uh, those who do not want fingers pointed at them. And I just I appreciate her work so much. And anytime I have a friend that I think is great, you know, I I try to I just want to introduce them to you. Um, and I also do want to just get better at having guests, you know. I, I think that, uh, I don't know, I just, I'm lucky to know some incredible people. And so for me to get to share them with you is just a real treat. So uh, just fair warning, this is not like the most easygoing, fun conversation. For, I had fun. We had fun. I love talking to Caitlin, you know, and just, hopefully it just sounds like two buddies catching up and and whatnot, you know, and, and me being able to like um, kind of, you know, ask her questions about her work and stuff and and just hopefully we got somewhere fun and special and important and purposeful uh but you know her subject matter is really really quite uh um um it's not controversial it's just uncomfortable you know i mean we all know like it's it's pretty out in the open uh who you know who some of these people are um it, it's just not fun to talk about it now the thing that makes me want to talk about it is because it seems that there are those that are in power that do not want you to talk about it. And I almost have this knee-jerk reaction when someone tries to hide something. I go, hey, what, what, are, you, what are you hiding over there, you know? Um, so, and I think that kind of, in a way, exemplifies her, her, her work, you know? Um, uh, so she, she's just an incredible artist that I think is, is very much of the moment, um, uh, pointing fingers, um, holding a mirror up to culture and kind of, uh, you know, I, I'd say it's a double-sided mirror and, 
Um, she's absolutely incredible. So check out her Instagram also if you want to just see some of her actual like photographs, her actual work. Um, I should also mention that this was recorded before the Maxwell trial verdict. Um, so we did not know that uh, that person would be found guilty um, for all that hor- horrible stuff. Um, but I think this this conversation still carries a ton of weight. And um, again, like, you know, I think we talk about it a bunch just throughout of, you know, like, I'm like, I don't like thinking you're talking about this stuff. Like, how do you do it? How do you do that and then still stay sane? And she goes a bit into it. But I think for her, it's a real, um, I, I think she's an incredibly brave artist. And I love brave artists a lot. Um, she's also a dear friend. So uh, without further ado, I'm so delighted to introduce you to my friend, Caitlin Copenhaver. How are you today? What's going on? I am doing well. Um, I woke up a little aggravated, but you know, sometimes you just don't know how you're going to like wake up in the day. But the thing with living in Miami is you could just go out outside and like lay by the pool and like swim fucking like 20 laps, which I did today. And I like got it off of me, whatever that you do. You know, I'm so so, we moved, we like, we, we like jump ship, uh, the New York ship, I think right around the same time. Um, yeah, jump that New York. Nashville. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I just want to zoom out quickly. So you and I did a very, very fun photo shoot together. Uh, we have a mutual friend who's an awesome musician, um, Bex. And so we were like introduced. Um, and like one of the most fun things as a musician is like you get introduced to like photographers because you're kind of partners in crime a little bit. Totally. Um, and it's always a weird thing because you're like, uh, you know, it's very vulnerable. Like to have your photo taken is like so vulnerable, especially if you're not uh, like trying to be a model. Like I'm just trying to play music. Like for uh, sure. It's quite strange. But we did a super fun photo shoot of, like by now, like years ago. Yeah, like, that, was a lo- that was a long time ago. It was like 2017. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But like, you know, we had so much fun, had a great time. And then I just kind of have been following your work. And over the years now, um, I've watched your work um, maybe already by then. But it's just started taking a a very, very potent um, perspective. And I feel like um, like your photos have been in like the New York Times. I want to say the Washington Post or whatever, like the Atlantic didn't they steal who stole someone stole your photo yeah um that okay so the New York Times actually recently because I went around with my like the Jeffrey Epstein banner yeah which that was that was like recently in the New York Times and of course like the person who wrote the article couldn't do like the two extra steps to realize it was my brother and I and you know that that image, um, the uh, I forget the photographer's name, but he's with the Associated Press, and like you have like it's in the caption, like our name. Oh my gosh! So like what's with you people? But I've had a handful of things, just like images go here with no credit, there with no credit. Um, the banner picture has has gone um, has been everywhere though, uh, so that's been pretty cool. That's amazing. So just uh, just to give people an idea of this photo, you can just go to Caitlin's Instagram and find it. But 
correct me if I'm wrong, but right around uh, when Epstein was like in jail, um, uh, you and then well, I I noticed around the beginning of the pandemic where you started focusing your work on the whole Epstein world, the conspiracies there's the the cover up, the just the like frankly like gross corruption, um, uh, like. Yeah, there's no word. There's no like word po like just uh like strong enough to describe all that. But um and and this dynamic that you and I have had or like we've we've discussed this before, but it's like I could never put my attention there into that world uh without like completely falling apart. But I feel like you've done the opposite and I think it's very brave, it's very strong and I admire it cuz first of all it's something that I can't do and second of all like um I don't know if anyone like I don't think that's anyone's ideal like first choice to like uh, spend their day like researching the stuff and making art about it and trying to pull attention to it. But um, if you could like go into your whole relationship with all of that work, like and how all of your work in that started. Uh, yeah. Like where, where does sure. all that come from? Yeah. So um, it really I kind of always go back to the fur coats. I actually have a picture I mean, this is just audio, but, um, you know, behind me. So I was uh, thrifted. I, well, my father actually gave me a, a fur coat from an auction that he paid like $10 for. And he was like, here, take this coat. I thought you would like it. And I accepted it just like out of, you know, politeness. I was like, oh my God, thanks. You know, but it was kind of heavy. And like, you know, my mom was like, sell that, you know, Pete is going to come after you. Oh my gosh. And I was like, okay, like, I'm just going to kind of leave this in my closet. Like, I don't really know what I'm going to do with it. And then, you know, I was working on this, this project, um, this photograph where I wanted to put language on it. And, you know, language and text is something that is really, really like, like, I don't want to say like my thing, but like my thing, you know, like I, I just, I love it. And I think words are uh, a way to um, get messages, uh, clear, concise messages uh, across to people in, um, in deeper ways than, than they think. And I think words really stay with people. Um, words can also be deceiving, you know, so it's kind of both of these things. But um, so I realized I was doing this phrase and it was pray, P-R-A-Y and pray, P-R-E-Y. And then I was like, wait a minute, I have a fur coat. I'm going to go put these words on the fur coat. So I actually took the coat. I like ran out of the lab. I took the coat into the, um, the other studio and I, the lab techs were like, this isn't going to work, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, let's just do it because like, I wasn't really attached to the coat anyway. And it was my, it was only $10 and you know, whatever. And then it printed and it was amazing. And I was like, holy shit and I ran home and I showed it to my brother who I was living with at the time in uh in Hell's Kitchen in our apartment and I'm carrying it it's just like like this like newborn like artwork Art I was baby. like look what I made you know like look what I made he was like whoa <laughs> and uh that was really really cool and um from there, I kind of became like, it was like my catalyst of like my breakout medium, because as I was, as I was studying photography, you know, uh, my time uh, at SVA, I really learned that like, not everything is a photograph. And when you're in art school, 
you know, you have to try so hard to not internalize the institution and like not really do like take the advice and, and give and take, you know, whatever. But um, I realized for me, I'm multimedia. I'm like, oh, not everything is a photo, you know, but then I did photograph the coats, of course, but they became these like sculptural art objects all around the idea of predatory behavior. And, you know, the coats kind of acted as a second skin, you know, a protective layer. And, you know, in New York City, especially, you know, they were my exploration of, you know, the animalistic side of people. You know, are you the hunter? Are you being hunted? Um, you know, are you in danger? Like what's, you know, what's going on in people's brains that way? And uh, this idea of safety and protection. And um, so, you know, from there, you know, I have another quote that says, you are not following me. And all of these are from like personal experiences. Um, another quote that says bear, B-R-A-Y-B-E-A-R and mm-hmm. uh, B-A-R-E uh, repeating, you know, and, um, and then with the coats, you know, I began doing performances in the coats. I began doing installations with the coats. So I was like, oh, this is interesting. And then from there, I made a um, performance video called AM to, uh, PM EST. And um, that is a video, it's a compilation of scenes that was actually starting out. I was originally making it to be a sketch for a live performance that I wanted to do that I eventually ended up doing years later. But um, the video, the sketch, you know, it turned into a work in itself. And um, it was my partner abducting me in various situations and scenarios in New York City and even just like on our travels. Um, So these are like really deep fears of mine. Like there's like a scene of, you know, me entering an apartment and someone's in there like waiting behind the door and they like attack me and like drag me out or someone coming into my bedroom and they drag me out. And then there's scenes where I'm totally fine and nothing goes on, you know, but it's like this, this really... Uh, kind of quick um, and you feel like the paranoia as you're watching it and you don't know what's going to happen because it's you know in a way uh, especially as women we're kind of always waiting for something to happen and it never happens but it like could happen you know so that was kind of interesting and you know I had um, uh, you know this really kind of started to um my like own personal paranoias and anxieties around this when I moved to New York and my probably my by the second year I was in New York for eight years um it started to like seep in my consciousness like in probably the second year I was there because you know you're in the fucking jungle like you're in, people you know New York I New York taught me a lot you know um and it uh it showed me a lot and um and I realized I kind of had this, this kind of lingering fear and it would come into my dreams and all of these things. So, you know, from there, and then I did another video called Instructions for Commuters, which is a one through 20 step of what I think I would do if I were abducted by a cab driver. And, you know, oh that's, it's a super intense video. Um, there's, there's both, there's like clips of both of these um, videos on my website. I don't ever show like the full video on my website, but unless I'm like exhibiting it in a, you know, um, exhibition space, Mm -hmm. but, um, 
but yeah, that, that was a really intense video to also complete. And then, you know, from these videos, I started to do research on missing persons because all of these things are connected. I was like, okay, like I kind of got my personal thing out there. You know, I did it great. Now what else? So I'm starting, I'm digging, I'm digging, I'm digging. And I'm like, wow, a lot of people go missing. Wow. This is crazy. Like, does anyone else know this? You know, because we only really think about missing persons and sex trafficking, human trafficking, child trafficking. We think about it in like third third world countries. Right. And, and we're like, oh yeah, that happens. But over there, you know, you know, it's like, no, it happens right here. And this is what's fascinating to me the most about, and I think a lot of my, my artwork is very American in a way, because I am commenting on the hidden atrocities within America and within like our society and culture um, that does expand to a universal conversation as well. Um, America has like a specific, a very American desire to hide these things and pretend that they don't exist. And I feel like a lot of your art is partially just the unveiling of these things or the attempt, like kind of the attempt at unveiling uh, these things or or attempting to to show that there is a veil at all you know yeah and, uh, yes uh certainly for me i don't want to know that there's a veil i don't want to think about it i i grew up um hearing from my dad about the like atrocities and crimes that were committed by uh portions of the american government like in the not so distant past uh, towards Native Americans. And he would tell me these stories um, and they were frankly like frightening. And I would try to, um, you know, just like say, like, I would just be like, that didn't really happen. Um, You know, that's just a conspiracy that didn't happen because that's just what I wanted to believe. I don't want to believe that um, the government that we all know is like somewhat dysfunctional, but has had these forms of corruption or has these forms of corruption within them. Um, or I don't even know what the right word is. It's not corruption. It's like, um, I don't know. Uh, but, but yeah. So, and then of course, like, it's one of those things that like my dad would tell the story and then you actually do your own research and you're like, Oh my God. Yeah, that did happen. That did happen. Like they, they did remove all these people and they were never heard from again from their community in like 1980. Like we're not talking the early 1900s, the late 1800s. This Great. is like super recent. Um, so yeah. I know personally, I don't like knowing that there's any veil. Why would you want to believe that? Um, and I admire that not only, um, uh, you know, I, I think that your work is about just the veil, what's behind the veil, et cetera. But I think like just from what you're saying, you've used your own fears. Um, instead of just being afraid, I feel like you've like, like so bravely I don't know you like went the opposite way and I think that's so cool because I don't think of you as like a very paranoid or feel fearful person um I don't know I I think that's one like just so it's like the best way to do any art um and it's weird to also talk about like well this is art but it's about these very very real life scenarios so um yeah so you you you're saying how you start looking into missing persons reports and you start realizing that this is like not a rare, it's not a third world country thing. It's not a rare occasion. Like what, what's, what, what do you start seeing there? What do you start um, unpacking? So from there, I start realizing um, the repetitive language and I kept reading. She was last seen 
a lot. And that got in my head. And then I started reading these headlines of different uh, institutions of uh, corruption. So, you know, the Catholic Church, um, the Hollywood, um, all of these other areas, you know, um, and which I actually uh, went deeper into on another another work, but um, giving you kind of like my like artistic journey from from there, you know, I did the um, kind of I have like three headlines, or they're not, they're not headlines, one of them's a headline, and then the other two, the other two are like found text. So it's, they're called, uh, the series is called Open Secrets because so much of this has been out in the open for decades. You know, it, people, these people have been protected for decades, you know, um, and that's fascinating to me as well because uh, it shows that there's a historical systemic problem, you know, and that these people are protected by other people that are complicit. This is not a new concept um, and it's global and it's in the highest forms of government of all of governments all over the world um, with emphasis on American government and uh, in England as well. So that's kind of crazy. But so I, so I made these and then um, they're just these uh, text pieces uh, on top of a like disposable camera shot that was like of my hand. It was actually like a mistake, but it looked like it was very visceral. Like it felt like it was like the inside of like a body or something. And I made them three separate colors. Um, so the one is a, a headline uh, that said that says Catholic priests abused a thousand children in PA report says, and that one really stood out to me because I went to Catholic school, you know, as a kid, and I'm also from Pennsylvania. So I was like, oh, icky. Close and then, to home. Yes. Um, and then the one, this other one um, is from a chapter title um, from uh, Martha Stout. She's a author and psychologist. Um, it's, she wrote The Sociopath Next Door. She also wrote The, para, the, um, the um, Myth of Sanity and The Paranoia Switch. Great books, like really, really good stuff. And she's, she's one of those authors that's, and, and psychiatrists that's like really um, accessible. The reading Jung is great, but you know, she's a little bit more like you can access her without having like all of this, you know, psychoanalytic knowledge already. Um, and the so that one it says, um, the nicest person you will ever meet. And she's and she talks about the sociopath. And I was like, ooh, that's good. And I title it the sociopath. Um, that one has a bright red, and someone actually purchased that um from a gallery I work at at Pen and Brush so that was really cool someone that has that in their collection somewhere wow. um and then the third one is a compilation of repeated language that I kept finding in missing persons cases and some of it's just like obvious it's like you know height sex um you know uh, eye color you know all these things but it's like it's really it's also really um 
alarming to read these cases and it's like these are like the final details of, of someone you know and like where they were last seen what they were last wearing so you know i'm walking along hell's kitchen 57th street and 9th avenue and i see a mattress and it's just sitting there i was like what the fuck is that this is very odd it's very displaced and next to like a construction site and i was like i want to write on that mattress and then i like turned to my boyfriend kevin i was like can you record me writing on this mattress <laughs> I was like, okay, I want to get a glass of wine first because I don't know if I want to do this. I was like, if I want to do it after this glass of wine, ooh, I'm going to do it because I didn't have the paint. I would have to like go back up into my apartment and get the paint or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, of course, I like thought on it. I was like, I want to do it. So, um, it was also kind of this is where I'm also seeing my mediums overlap, being like kind of like a performance uh, gorilla. I love gorilla art. I love, uh, you know, this isn't quite site specific, but I, I turned it into a site specific in 2020. So I wrote, she was last seen on the mattress. Um, and people are walking and this was great because the mattress was there for quite a while and I would go back and I would like kind of linger around and people are like, they would walk and they would stop. like. That, you know and when you do that in new york in my opinion that's like great. that is a it's that's impossible a good, it's a good artwork it's a good artwork because people are so plugged in they're so you know in their own world um and uh so that was that was really um a really uh eye-opening experience and then i revisited that project in 2020 and i picked up a mattress you know and i was writing these all over street mattresses you know, carefully, of course, because like, you, um, <laughs> <laughs> I picked up a mattress from a girl uh, in Brooklyn, and we brought the mattress, I wrote she was last seen on it, and then I brought it brought it around to um, locations that were site specific of uh, and had a history of violence tied around them. So um, the first stop we went to was Jeffrey Epstein's mansion. So the title of the piece was she was last seen leaving Jeffrey Epstein's Upper East Side Mansion. And then we went to Central Park. She was last seen in Central Park. Then we went to the Hudson River. You know, she was last seen near the Hudson River. Yeah, yeah so that was that was pretty crazy. And then um, now just for context, yeah. uh, is this is this before Epstein? Like, was he still well, was he still alive? Um, no, no, this is when he like, quote unquote, you know, yeah, suicided, um, but he, <laughs> he was suicided, he was suicided. That's yeah. one of the fun. I mean, it's, it's one of the, like, if you talk to anyone who has given that more than a second of a thought, like no one believes that he really killed himself. It's just way no. too convenient. No one believes that it's so wide in the open, but because that's like the literal, like, that's what it said. People are, are just like, well, what are you going to do? But I think everyone knows in their heart that like, well, I, like, what? Are, well, yes, because it, it's one of, I mean, it became a fucking meme, you know, forgot, yeah. like, just like, yeah. it's so yeah. funny how that happened in a way, but uh, it's like, but, you know, people, people know in their hearts, they didn't, it didn't happen, but then they also are confronted with the thought, well, who did it? Yeah. you know and then that's where people stop oh, that's, they're like that's... okay and and cut and scene we're gonna stop oh, for sure for sure <laughs> and know? again like that's i am 
I am one of those people uh, because, yeah, like I, I don't have the emotional wherewithal to like want to delve into that because I know there's no fun answers. There's no great. <laughs> it doesn't turn. It's like, yeah, yeah, I, I can't pay attention to it because it, it's just too depressing and I can't take it. Um, and I feel like most people feel that way. So it's like. That's why people are like, yeah, whatever. He committed suicide. He was murdered. Who cares? Let's just move on. Like, I, I can't deal with this. I'm just trying to live my life. I, I have my own goals. I'm trying to pay rent. I'm trying to get along with my my partner, my friends. Like, it's just, right. um, it's exhausting to think about these things. And um, I admire not not only that you think about these things and make create art surrounding them, uh, but you're also still like you're not like this dark, like depressed person, you know, like you have a, uh, I get the sense that you have a love of life and, and a joy about you. And I think that's what makes you or helps you uh, like sustain being a, like sustain, you're, you're like a sustainable person in this sense, because you are able to just like remain happy, but still delve into these really dark matters. Um, and I think people who go like, what are you talking about? There's like, you know, everything we're being told is true. I think it's just, I don't blame them. Like, I think they're just, they don't have the emotional wherewithal. Why would they, you know? Um, right. Uh, I blame people who are in power or have influence, you know, but, uh, you know, just the regular Joe Schmo like me, it's like, well, yeah. Um, where were we though? So back to, um, uh, back to, she was last seen installment. So you do it at, in front of Epstein's mansion. This is after he uh, died, is dead, and 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 then what? What do you do next? Um. So then I can't remember if I, th I believe I did the banner. I did the banner. I started doing the banner before this uh, revisit of She Was Last Seen, but I did want to connect the projects. So that's why I was like, oh, we have to we have to go to the the you know the mansion with the mattress. And um, so that was interesting, but I, I started to do, um, you know, I, I have this banner that says Epstein is the worst kind of virus. And I was uh, visiting spaces. This started to like kind of get in my head a little bit. I was going to spaces where Ghislaine Maxwell and Jeffrey Epstein would frequent or live. Oh my God. And um, I would sometimes go there by myself most of the time I always had someone with me, but I, I went to Ghislaine Maxwell's old apartment on, um, East, where the fuck does she live? Uh, 70, Jeffrey Epstein's on East, um, 71st street. I think she's on 76, mm -hmm. something like that. Close, like mm -hmm. around the corner. And, um, I put my phone, I have the video, I think on my Instagram still, I went on like Instagram live and I have like my faux fur coat that says you have been lied to and my like 35 millimeter and I'm photographing this, you know, estate. And, um, and there was, there was something really, uh, uh, you know, intense about that. You know, it's like, I'm literally going there. I'm making a statement like on my back in in the act of actually photographing because it's like i'm capturing you know in photography like you mentioned very early um is kind of like this uh like violent act in a way and i'm very cognizant when i'm uh, have a portrait set setting with series with someone or a portrait sitting with someone um you know and 
you know, sometimes I give people even a camera to shoot me back, you know, cause it's like, I'm going to shoot you. I'm going to take your picture. I'm going to capture you. You know, it's like very like violent, violent, you know, and, um, uh, and, and commanding, you know, which I also like do love about the medium, but, um, you yeah. know, so that was, that was interesting. And then I, so with the banner, I went, I obviously went to the Upper East Side Mansion. Um, and then I went to Central Park because Central Park is like where like Elaine Maxwell and Jeffrey Epstein and Prince Andrew would kind of like walk around and like peruse for like girls uh, and women and stuff. And then um, I went funny. to- Sorry, sorry to interrupt. It's funny you say that um, because, you know, I, like we've all heard these stories, but when you describe like the setting, I, I think we all remove these things. We remove them into the past. And even if even when something like the Epstein story is so publicized, um, it's like it was right here in New York. I've been in New York. I lived in New York. I still don't look at those things as as close to home you know, it's just like a defense mechanism because they're so horrible and like just sickening and disgusting. Like, and, and they're so, it's not even the kind of horrible any anyone can relate to. It's just so beyond anything. It's like horrible is like, like, I don't know. Uh, uh, I don't know, just fr friends like being genuinely shitty to each other. I, like, it's such a, you know, getting like someone stealing something from you, like money. Right. Like, but Violating. because it's, yeah. Um, th these things are just so far from home. So when you describe like walking around Central Park, it's like, oh my gosh, I've been to Central Park. This wasn't the like distant past. Um, it really just brings that image alive and um, yeah. yeah, just makes you realize, just makes me realize like how much I try to remove these things from, you know, my, my zeitgeist. Um, and why wouldn't I? Like, I, again, I'm not saying I shouldn't, uh, I'm just saying it is interesting how willing all of us are to push these things away. Um, and, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, and that's an interesting thing in itself, you know? Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, Central Park. Yes. Um, and then, what else did I go with that damn thing? Oh, I went, um, when I did come to Florida um, before I relocated here, I was in I went to West Palm Beach because his other mansion in West Palm that's actually destroyed now by the way wow so I couldn't even like make that picture even if I wanted to which is mm. kind of cool um that was just like right on it um and so there's a picture there and then um and then I started to do other things with the banner like I covered myself in it Mm -hmm. after being in like a pool and I titled it uh covered in filth mm -hmm. um and there's like an American flag in like the upper left hand corner of the frame and that photo has actually been exhibited uh in various spaces online and exhibitions um in person in all different kinds of scenarios which has been really cool um because it was a project I submitted for um another project called a yellow rose and um, it was a, uh, a project that took to, that brought together um, like a hundred women in the United States to comment on the ratification of the 18th Amendment. 
Um, what, is, what is that? The women's right to vote. Oh. Yeah, so that was really cool. So you could either be, um, you could either be like really critical or you could be like celebratory. You could be, um, uh, you know, um, uh, oh wait, no, I'm sorry. It's the 19th amendment. Okay. Good, I was embarrassed. I'm like, is that something I should really, really know? Wait, hold on. How do you not know it's the 18th Amendment? You're a terrible person. Yeah. Oh, my God. 19. Just kidding. Oh, right. It was ratified on August 18th. Okay. Okay. Silly me. But so um, so it was a project around that. And you could be critical. You could be celebratory, like I said. And I was like, I'm going to be critical. (laughs) (laughs) And um. So that uh, because, you know, as women, you know, we've we've come a long way, totally, you know, it's been great, you know, especially women in America, you know, we love to, we, we do love to, you know, complain about certain things and, you know, and perhaps those complaints are valid and perhaps um, they are not, you know, there's still countries where women can't even uh, go outside without a male escort. You know, I could go outside by myself. So, you know, I think it's pretty, pretty good (laughs) so far. But, you know, we, you know, as women also have the right to not be uh, stalked, have the right not to be raped, um, harassed, you know, and these are consistent issues, um, you know, with uh, Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell as a backdrop for that conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, And you know, I got really, really deep. I'm still deep into this case, mainly because of all the other people that are involved, like mm-hmm. big name people. And you can't hide it. You know, there's they're in photographs, they're on flight logs, they're at parties. Yeah, there's literally like of, photographic evidence of like arm in arm having a laugh. It's um, cr- it's wild. Bill so, Bill Gates and Prince Andrew come to mind. Who who else? Who else yeah. have a well-known? Um, Bill Clinton, um, uh, uh, Donald Trump. Um, uh, oh my God. There's like uh, Leon Black, um, Glenn and Eva Dubin. These are people involved with uh, MoMA, you know, the Museum of Modern Art. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, Leslie Wexner, he runs uh, Victoria's uh, Secret. Secret. Yeah. Um, but yeah, many people in fashion, art, science, um, you know, Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell, like Epstein in particular, and also Gates, like I believe that these people are total like eugenicists and they want to make a, sup- they believe that they're superior and they're also extremely racist. Um, Whitney Webb is an amazing journalist that did a lot of research on like it's on these people and it's like you have to have a notepad and a pen and like hit pause on the podcast because it's like she is just like it's just like this person's connected this person that person it's over here it's like this like web you know it's really incredible um her journalism and like how she's really like connected the dots objectively you know because there's people out there that of course they'll they'll you know find an opinion that justifies their beliefs and it doesn't matter what side of the coin that is 
-hmm. you know, and that doesn't make it right. But then there's people who genuinely do the research and they look and they're like, who, oh, this person, they see the timeline. You know, it's no coincidence that the timeline of Bill Gates and Jeffrey Epstein kept getting skewed, you know? Um, it kept getting like, kind of like mismatched and messed up. And, you know, cause they're, you know, the media is doing this on purpose when really Bill Gates and Ghislaine Maxwell and, you know, and Jeffrey Epstein had a relationship in the eighties and the early nineties, you know, working on software. So um, that like spied on the American people. It, it's just like crazy, um, you know, when you, when you really start listening to, to like the real pros who, who do this research. Um, and uh, yeah, so with the, you know, the banner, the banner was a really, um, a really thoughtful <laughs> and also, um, uh, you know, I wanted to really bring awareness to, to this situation. I started, I was doing the banner in March of 2020 and people are like, who's Epstein? And I'm like, wow. wow. And now, I mean, you can't really, people know, you know, and I got criticized for talking about Bill Gates. I got criticized. People are telling me that that's dangerous rhetoric to speak about that. And right. it's not. It's dangerous rhetoric to not speak about it. Right. You the know. opposing the opposing opinion is look at this man done so much charity in Africa. Um, has used his wealth to like uh, like literally help people and what is it cure malaria or so or one of those or um, like yeah. the opposing opinion is look at this powerful wealthy person and I believe or I hope. He is using his wealth and power for good. Um, but if you do dig, I mean, I know he's bought all the potato farms, which uh, pisses me off. Like every like every American potato he owns, it's whatever. But that's I don't know if that's the worst thing he's done. But <laughs> um, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the opposing opinion is so is so um, attractive if you're trying to not be bothered. Um, for sure. And it, it, it validates a preconceived idea that you had, and it's really hard to change someone's, you know, belief, you know, or their opinion, like you, it's like, they already have it it's set in stone. And like, I kind of come along and I'm like, hello, like, you know, this person is actually a scam, <laughs> you know? And so, and just um touch touch briefly on let's say bill gates and his story and maybe you know some things that you know maybe would challenge like the orthodoxy uh you know just the belief that well he's a good man trying to do good things with his wealth and power well i am not a bill gates expert but there is an amazing book called one the one percent the fuck I have it. It's actually on my bookshelf and I haven't read it yet. Mm -hmm. um, but it goes into that a lot more. But mm -hmm. so um, let me let me go. Let me get into my my Bill Gates thinking cap. So Bill Gates um, had a relationship with Jeffrey Epstein when I'm like, oh, there it is. When um, he uh, was already convicted on 
uh, charges in Florida back in 2009. Mm -hmm. So the media loves to talk about how it was like after that, or it's like, no, 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 he knew. Um, and so that was, you know, that's something in itself to, you know, connect it with Jeffrey Epstein. You know, he, he knew that this guy was like sketchy because people are like, at the very least, right. At the very least. Yeah. You know, they're like, oh, everyone does deals with Jeffrey Epstein. It's like, what? You know, like you're not going to you're not Bill Gates doing a fucking, you know, search on on this guy, please. And he and Jeffrey Epstein helped him funnel like ten hundreds of thousands of dollars through MIT for God knows what kind of research. Um, so I don't know what's going on there. There's also, um, you know, Google will prove you otherwise too. If you do any research on Bill Gates, like don't do it on Google because Google's <laughs> like, Bill Gates is awesome. And this is why, um, you know, I started to look into his vaccinations in India, his vaccinations in Africa, and it's just, it's not good. And, um, you know, there's many, there's many journalists who also have like really investigated this, like on a deeper level than I have. So, you know, and the guy owns so much land, he's bought up um, tons of farmland, um, pumping like GMOs and food and, you know, all this shit that's just like, kind of feels icky and, and is just not good for the body. And then also as someone who feels like they're so compelled to know everything about medicine and quite frankly is the last person that I would trust um, to advise me on how I should um, medicate myself and also what food I should eat. You know, in fact, anyone that's going to tell me to do that, I'm going to be extremely skeptical of. And the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation is... Um, that foundation is also like riddled with corruption and yeah oh um gosh. so that's like something i guess you know there's some things to look into it's it's like it seems to be there's a closet and most people go well either i'm not going to open that closet um or well i'll open the closet but hopefully there's just good things in it but like it seems to be that if you are inclined to open up the closet, which I completely get if you don't want to, like I, I am basically one of those people once in a while, I'll open it for fun, just to have a good laugh, a good scare. Um, but it seems to be that if you open the closet, you will not find good things. You will not find things that are, uh, you know, convenient. They're, they're, they don't exactly instill your faith in, you know, they don't, um, yeah, they don't strengthen your faith in these institutions. Um, yep. And they, at the very least, just fill you with this feeling of you are being lied to, you're being deceived. And um, it's like not convenient, not fun. I get it if you don't want to look into it. Um, but I certainly would en encourage myself or anyone to be like, well, don't have that. Like, I understand the knee jerk reaction of, you know, why are you challenging the orthodoxy? What are you saying? Shut up. Like, come on conspiracy theorist, whatever, um, you know, if that isn't your knee-jerk reaction, I get it, but I, I would maybe um, try to, um, you know, be a little bit more brave and understand why you're feeling that way and and maybe do a little bit of research just to re recognize that, you know, uh, I know you want to believe that all these institutions are, for the most part, not corrupt, um, you know, 
um, trying to do lovely things. Maybe they mess up once in a while, but the, yeah, it's just like, unfortunately, it does not seem to be the case as, as much as like, I wish it was. Cause again, I'm like a pretty, like, I try to be a happy go lucky person in, in the sense of like how I view the world. Um, that being said, it's also important to remove these institutions with great power. Um, you know, they are the one percent um and like most people are lovely it is just scary when a few you know really uh not so great people have that much power um and are able to get away with a lot um i will say like um you know it's come out recently that let's say bill gates has poured just millions and millions of dollars into like media companies um and you know i, I think if you're like a human thinking human being you'd be like huh that's sounds like a little suspicious like 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 why would you have to do that you know why would you right. have to yeah his they his pr is like crystal sharp you know like like there's the fact checkers need fact checkers you know it's like oh my gosh on twitter <coughs> excuse me on twitter i always see these stuff that come up with fact checkers have uh, concluded, and then they'll follow with like the thing, the story that was going to come out or something. Have, have yeah. concluded that this is not true. Fact checkers have disproven, and it's like, I, again, I am pretty believing. But when you start a sentence with, "Hey, this thing that you don't yet know about uh, is not true," like chances are, like that just I you smell bullshit. How could you not? And I've right. been lied to. I've I under I have a. I do think I have a good sense for an institution trying to um, um, exercise different forms of propaganda or different forms of, you know, um, just like, like I like policing ideologies. Um, and it's like, yeah, no, that's bullshit. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I hear you. Um, that book is called. Um, oneness versus the one percent it's by vandana shiva if anyone wants to you know read it um but she goes into like all these like kind of like oligarchs like billionaire you know tech and all of these um pharma and all these kind of like big major players um yeah there's a you know even with like the Ghislaine Maxwell trial, you know, there's a yeah, lot. So that's, that's going on right now. What now, I, again, it's also like, seems to be pretty clear. Like if you look into that, it doesn't sound, I don't know. It doesn't sound like it's free of corruption. Oh, well, the justice system is finally <laughs> like working. It's, it's, yeah. it's doing its job. I mean, on a base level, we've only seen illustrations of Ghislaine Maxwell she that person could be a body double like does anyone actually know if that's Ghislaine Maxwell you know like so like really kind of like stretch you know the you know uh the validity of the case like I'm just wondering it's like is is I mean photography is extremely powerful is it so powerful that we can't even see a photograph of Ghislaine Maxwell in present day you know like is there is there any like reasonable explanation why there are no photos well they are keeping the um actually a lot a lot of the they're they're they say they they want to be keeping the you know the victims uh um anim anonymity so i mean and i understand that you know like and you know they should remain anonymous but it's like 
Keely Maxwell can be photographed, you know, like you can, that woman's not gonna break your camera or will she? Um, so I don't know because it's such a high profile case, you know, but it's just so much of it is like reeks with corruption and it's, it's very, all of it is just like perfectly tied up in this like bow, you know, um, Rachel Kami, I think her name's Rachel, but she's James Kami's daughter and she's uh, the lead prosecutor. And she is, she was involved in the deletion of one of the Epstein videos of him in prison, you know, and like, this is someone that's on the case, like that feels um, not, that doesn't feel right you know, um, and even the judge, um, she is, Biden promoted her to the Supreme Court. So I'm like, oh, so she's getting a promotion. She's already, she's already been involved, you know, and like, did it take you guys two years to, to get these people kind of in a room together? Is that why the trial has been, you know, has taken this long? You know, like, I can't help but ask these questions because it just feels, um, it feels just so manufactured and it's really on a baseline of a lot of our reality is completely manufactured and contrived and you know um and it's exhausting and I, I get it like I get not wanting to you know kind of like peek under the veil you know but it's like and people have to do their own things right people have their lives to lead but you know personally for me I'd rather be I'd rather be, um, you know, seeing the world for, for what it is. And if that brings me um, any sort of pain or rage or frustration, it's, uh, it's not manufactured, it's real versus people who are just mad and they don't even know why, or they look for reasons to be mad. And then they look for reasons just to be right. You know, you don't even care about the world. You just want to be right, you know, and you don't even know why you're angry and you sound like a headline, you know, it's like so many people just sound like headlines to me, you know, I'm like, oh, so you're repeating that because you read that on, a, you know, a little scroll post on Instagram. Okay. Okay. Got it. You know, like, do you read any valid journalism? Like, do you read, like, do you read a book? You know, I'm just... It's just crazy to me sometimes. I don't know. Yeah. Have you read a book is a funny question to ask people, um, you know, when they, <laughs> when they claim to be experts on something or. Um, yeah. Yeah, totally. Point. You know, and I am like far from an expert on a lot of things, but, you know, I'm I'm always have a listening ear and I'm always, uh, you know, just kind of connecting, connecting things, you know, and seeing and following the money, you know, that's kind of like, you know, where I think a lot of truth really lies, you know, I'm like, where, where is it, you know, I'm like, oh, who benefits, you know, and I remember asking this question in March of 2020, you know, some of these, like, people became so much richer in 2020, and the world around us is literally collapsing. Disintegrating. You know, shouldn't it, you know, why is the concentration of wealth in the pockets of a handful of people? Why is the media owned by like five companies or five, like maybe even less than that? 
you know so it's like all these people work together it's everything is like super connected and and tied up in a bow politicians are now celebrities you know politicians don't go to the fucking met gala are you kidding me you know um politicians aren't you know i'm not i'm not here to watch i don't even like keeping up with the kardashians but it's like it really feels like ever since 2020 it is like a show of keeping up with the kardashians like starring donald trump and now joe biden in my opinion my gosh oh my god it's like uh yeah it's it's not pretty i will it's funny because like my my idea of like escaping this stuff is not to go um what are you talking about you know most people are good these institutions are trying their best you know they're trying to do a good job it's very hard to do a great job um but you know they're mostly good people but you know the institutions are clunky and some of them are outdated so um but you know I do imagine there are people who end up in some of these, whether it's corporations or portions of the government that are sort of lovely, genuine people who are trying to make a change. Um, Describe that person's like, like, what do you imagine that person's relationship is to like maybe what they find there? And then how does that person, how are they then susceptible to being corrupted by the institutions that they are joining? And then maybe like, what are some ways that they can avoid that? You know, if like, if you're like a idealistic woman from like the Midwest and you're trying to like get involved in like Congress or whatever. Right. Um, yeah. That, I mean, what does that look like? I have a friend, um, her uncle was, you know, climbing the, the political ladder, um, you know, just kind of on like a local, like state level. And um, he got to a certain point where they started actually just handing him scripts. And he was like, oh, I can't say what I wanted to say. And they were like, yeah, just say this, you know, and it's like basically the complete opposite of, you know, what, you know, you have to say. And um, not the complete opposite, but you know, you know what I mean? It's just like, it's not, it doesn't feel genuine. And, you know, um, at what point do you enter politics or, you know, a form of government and you are given, let's say a paycheck and, you know, you're given a lot of opportunity and you're given a lot of attention and, and media and fame, but in you know to, to in uh, uh, as you know to to give back to you know the corporation that is offering you all of this, you have to do what they say, you know. And what what does that look like? Um, I don't know. You know, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I. I've never even like worked for a major corporation that's, you know, where I'm like, oh, this is not, you know, I know people who like really want to get into medicine and then they realize that a lot of areas in medicine are also super corrupt. So that's discouraging, you know, and then, you know, even uh, in, in high forms of any, any uh, profession, there's going to be a little or a lot um of of dirtiness you know and we see this in hollywood we see this in music we see this in art you know um so at what point do you collect your fucking money and get out like i don't know you know (laughs) 
um or do you just like fuck off and like you know live on a farm or i don't i don't know or maybe you do multiple things or you know um i think there is always ways for people to maneuver their next action and their next choice and uh, without compromising themselves either you know because that just eats away at your soul you can't you can't live a life of of lies and you also can't live in fear you know and this is why i love whistleblowers you know like whistleblowers are really really fascinating people and um they a lot of them uh you know get fucking crucified you know um like julian assange he's still in like london or somewhere and you know for like exposing like wikileaks and um a lot of not he does not look great like if you see those photos of him with like the white hair like he looks so frail and so like he's being you know it does not look great yeah who knows what they're fucking doing him but you know um and uh you know i don't know um i i people should always do you know you know what's best for them in that in that moment and you know sometimes you gotta you have to kind of um i don't know quote unquote play the game to you know kind of like infiltrate and like get in and then like expose and you know like there's always ways for people to you know do what they need to do without like compromising like who they are and i think there's like there's so much opportunity and there's a lot of good in the world too like i know i get like kind of doom and gloomy but um you know to to bring it to bring it back up a little bit there there are um you know there are a lot of people that do like genuine good things and genuine good people to work for and um i'm i'm sure you know so um it's out there but it's just kind of locating it. But I do think when you do know about these types of, of manipulators and institutional corruption, it's in the forefront of your, of your consciousness. So then you can really see it when you go out in the world. And unfortunately you can't unsee it, but I think Mm. it's, it's, it's preferred to, you know, to be able to see it so you can identify it and there that's a form of protection in a way as well you know yeah well it seems like uh that's that's your own personal form of protection is like making art out of these things and i wonder if that's just a way of like capturing it well you know sometimes literally in, in picture form um yeah but you're taking these these horrible realities and making like something tangible that you have control over um and that you can point to um almost i wonder you know as a way to like make them more tangible or bearable for yourself for sure totally you know i'm sometimes i'm like what like what's going on you know like holy shit um but i think art is in words um are a powerful way at, for people to look at a topic um not have a intense you know emotional trigger or reaction you know yeah, like- or 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 when you do inevitably have that emotional trigger reaction just just keep going <laughs> like you know totally like, all right that's normal i get it and and maybe but yeah keep going and keep an open mind after that for sure it's like i've had people tell me like 
you know, I appreciate you bringing up things that now I just, I just thought about it, but I wouldn't have thought about it, you know, and thank you for letting me think about it now. And I'm like, yeah, anytime, you know, like that's what I'm, and that's really old. That is the artist's job. Yeah, totally. And ultimately that's like all I really want to do. I don't even want to teach people. Like, I don't want to teach people like about Jeffrey Epstein. I don't want to teach people about Bill Gates or, you know, the fucking Clintons. I mean, I'll, we'll have conversations totally, but you know, um, there it's just, it's just, uh, I'm just planting a seed, you know, for people. And then, so when they, you know, and sometimes people are ready to, to dive into things at different times, you know, and George Carlin, George Carlin is amazing comedian that, that really kind of went there in comedy, you know, and I like to go there in art. And I think a lot of, you know, musicians kind of do this too. And people can talk about very serious, deep controversy and controversial topics, and they can deliver it in a way where it doesn't, people just don't shut off immediately, you know, because it's like, I can't go up to people and be like, you know, uh, fucking, like, just say something outrageous about Hillary Clinton, you know, and I, which I probably have at one point, um, but, you know, people are just going to shut off, you know, but if I maybe present something in an artistic format about her or about someone, and so people might look at it and be like, oh, Oh, interesting. And then, and then they realize they're, it's about a person that they like idolize and they're like, oh, you know, but then they're already there. So they can't really leave. So they're like, now they're forced to think, you know, instead of just emotionally respond. And we live in a world currently where everyone is just reacting and responding. No right one's away. And in fact, the media and the world tells you not to think because they want to dumb people down. They want people to not dig a little deeper. They want people to kind of have the sugar-coated view of rose-colored glasses of reality, um, you know, so they can continue what it is they continue. Um, and that's just not the case. Oh my gosh. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Well, I um I I experienced this a lot in religion where as I was leaving the religion or questioning religion, there would be certain arguments, uh, you know, kind of for. Um, and they would say certain there would be certain phrases and certain like very, very cliche arguments. Um and you know, and, and I would sort of give all of those like the time of day and serious thought. And once I'd worked through those, um I like when I hear those arguments today, they feel so silly and so childish and cute. Um, and I really empathize like with, you know, with people um, who are using, frankly, these like very, very, very fragile um, uh, like forms of logic to like uphold their, again, fragile belief system that may or may not be serving them um, very well. Uh, I, by the way, I just went to the Opry here in Nashville the other night and this songwriter, um, this like musician, this older guy was, he did a few songs and he was really cute. It's like pushing 80. And then he did his last song and I was like, oh my gosh, I know this song and I know him. And it was like a great moment. Um, Cause like, I didn't recognize him by name, but he's got the song, this old country song, rose colored glasses. <laughs> um, and it's about love, you know, but the chorus is just like, 
you know, these roads, these rose colored glasses that I'm looking through show only the beauty because they hide all the truth. Mm, yes. Yeah. And it's, I think that's about a, a gal, but, but cool. you know, it certainly applies to this stuff. Um, yeah. No, definitely. I mean, there's things about like, you know, we're kind of talking about it on a, you know, like a macro scale. And then if you bring yeah. the concepts down to a micro scale, it could be, you know, spoken about in our, you know, interpersonal relationships and within family, within, you know, and those are the things that, um, that personally, I think got me also very interested in the uh the sociopathic or narcissistic and or narcissistic personality uh because mm. i've seen it up close you know and like real like re like people love to write off people they don't agree with as a narcissist now and it's just like that's kind of like a throwaway word and yeah. um which is which is actually kind of messed up because people don't know unless they do you know if they you know i've met like a real one and it's not it's not pretty um well, there's also different levels too and, and shades of it um you know it's like wherever and same with um you know psychopathy or sociopathy you know like not every psychopath is a violent killer you know not every psychopath is a ted bundy you know um there's there's uh, high functioning psychopaths you know there's people that are like extremely smart you know, and they're, you know, they use their, their wit for, you know, nefarious purposes. And then there's that, then there's a, you know, a, a sociopath who just like kind of leeches off people or lives in the basement with his mom forever and just kind of marries into wealth and doesn't do anything. You know, there's just people that just kind of like leech and leech and leech, but they're not, they're never violent. They're not going to kill you, you know, but that doesn't, it doesn't, that's not right either. So you know, it's interesting. Um, and people are like, oh, there's, you know, there's, there's very limited psychopaths in the world. And it's like, that may be true, but the, their outreach and how they affect people far surmounts the amount of, of them. And that is, that's what's scary. This is why cults exist. This is why, um, you know, uh, in, in, institutional corruption exists you know um so that's that's something that i always like kind of keep in the back of my mind too yeah i wonder it's like i i feel like um i grew up in the like like almost the best version of a cult but it was still like a not good thing you know but growing up in extreme oh. religion um it gave me just a lot of like um i don't know just i almost have these like bodily responses or triggers for when mm -hmm. When I'm being lied to, like just for cult menta cult mentality, cult dynamics, and you know, it's sad when it seeps into important conversations. I noticed um, there'd be certain conversations around race that it felt like the good intentions and the the desire for uh, a better justice system, uh, you know, the desire for justice. Um, you know, an, an overwhelming uh, feeling of empathy and and love of our fellow human beings it felt like a lot of those things were being um pushed aside uh and being taken over by by like a very very cult like response um and and important conversations are being had in very very um i would say like um distracted ways and 
it's it's really um it's like it's really not fun you know it's really not fun and it's it's very it's demoralizing and and you just go because then no one wants to have the conversation at all you know Um, right and then it's like well there goes an important thing that we're just going to deal with it's almost like if you have a problem if you have a problem like i don't know you're if you have a you know if you have like um oh my god like i'm trying to I'm trying to like hang some pictures on the wall, let's say, right? And I finally get up. I have like the time set aside. And I'm like, I'm going to actually go get this done, okay? And I'm going to like go to the hardware store, get some nails. And But if one thing in that thing goes wrong, it's like likely I'll push it off for another like two, three days. Um, and I wonder how many of these conversations are similar where people go like, all right, well, you know, I'll take time aside from like dealing with my own stuff and actually pay attention but if those conversations now are just like they seem to be manipulated manipulated and broken it's like well i'd rather just not have that conversation at all then you know or or i'll just partake in it and leave um i don't know it's yeah it's it's certainly very frustrating and confusing yeah like all the conversations that uh people really need to have and just never do yeah especially within family yeah oh my gosh family is this crazy thing like i i can't oh my yeah it is it is you know people are like oh you know uh, i love you like family or families (laughs) or and i'm like what does that what does that even mean you know like i know what they mean but there's times where it's like you know yeah please don't (laughs) yeah please yeah please don't please don't yeah um but yeah family as a as a you know uh even as like a a concept you know within within art making you know have it be musical or visual art or you know um is um extremely charged and very relatable you know um and universal you know in its own way so yeah Fun fact, the Basque people um, that are like the indigenous people of like this area in Europe between Spain and France, they their family name goes by the house, um, not by the father or family. So it, it oh, their last name, their last name is based very, on the house that they live in. Very cool. Yeah, I like that. Different. Different. Yeah, that is, um, that is different. And their food's really good. So like they must be doing something right. So uh, what what's what's next for you? Like um are there any like what are you working on now? What kind of projects are you dreaming up or um I am really, you know, um still getting settled here in Miami. Um it's been really great, you know, I'm just like uh, really uh, working on building a solid community around me which is um, proven true so far. So that's been great. Um, And then, you know, I have these moments where I'm like, I'm constantly like looking out and then looking in. So I'm in this like looking in uh, part right now. And I have, I actually have a bunch of work that's just like kind of sitting on my hard drive. So I have to um, go in and organize it and write about it. I took a bunch of self-portraits in my old apartment in Hell's Kitchen, which is basically where I grew up. You know, I like spent the majority of my twenties there and, um, it was a really emotional, uh, and hard place to leave, 
but it needed to it needed to happen. So um, I have that work, and then you know I'm really inspired by like the pools, the water here. So I was actually gonna probably do something like even with the banner, uh, the Epstein banner, and um, you know go and 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 mess with that a little bit, especially since that case is kind of like dissolving and and kind of like in sinking deeper you know and I have this like water around me and you know the ocean is just like so beautiful so um I was uh you know and I I really want to start using my voice more also and maybe doing some um some visuals with sound and um I'm always just like cooking up cooking up stuff uh so yeah to to be continued um what what's next for you what are you working on well no i'm i'm really excited i it's funny when i think of you it's like well we just started like we you were a photographer i worked with once but maybe it's because your work is so intriguing or we had the best time but um i'm like very excited for for everything you do and it's all very thought-provoking and intriguing and um when i think of art it's like, well, that that's, you know, that's the real deal. That's art. Um, as for me, I don't know. I'm sitting on an album that I have to master, which is like ah, the final glossy yes. phase of everything. Very cool. Um, and then, yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to get better at like the, the whole visual, like video thing. I almost bought a camera, almost dropped like a lot of money and bought a real camera, but then I chickened out at the last minute and <laughs> I'm like the iPhone 13 pro is good. And so we'll see, but I, I should really take that leap. Lenses are so expensive. Yeah, I mean, depending on what you need it for, you know, you could probably, you maybe could even just like swing it with an iPhone, to be honest, you know, um, you're not doing like a crazy video, you know, but, but yeah, it is nice. I want to get a super eight film camera. I want to do some video on film. It's like my next. Uh, I should give you, yeah. I can give you this one. I don't oh think it works. Oh my God. So. Oh, that's so cool. Um, but yeah, no, it's just what it doesn't work anymore. I don't think it works. I don't imagine it does, or at least I wouldn't, it's not the most reliable one, but yeah, cool. well, I'm, I love talking to you. Uh, it's always okay. like mind opening and fun. And, uh, we also just could chat about nothing, but it was fun to like to <laughs> totally. dive a little bit in and, yeah. um, I appreciate your work a lot and I, I think you're great and um, I'm excited for everything you're doing next. I think some people are going to really enjoy this conversation. Some people are going to be like, no, not for me. And that's okay uh -huh. too. But uh, <laughs> um, I strongly urge everyone if, if uh, you know, to keep an open mind and, and, you know, just yeah. have a healthy suspicion of, of money driven institutions and institutions where their main, you know, their number one priority is just money and bottom line. Um, and if it gets too hard, then like, you know, go out into the woods. Yeah. Okay.